Hey, this is Russ, and this is the Overlooked Podcast. This is a podcast where we focus mainly on um, missing people of color cases. We will also cover cases of people um, who were victims of violent crimes, who are also individuals of color, but where the families did not get any answers. There's still no closure because we don't really know what happened and we our purpose is to hopefully bring more attention to these cases and more tips will come in so that these families can have their babies home so that these families can have closure so these families can know what happened to their loved ones Um, we're specifically focusing on people of color because just statistically people of color um, their cases do not get the same amount of coverage as a non-person of color they don't get the same level of national broadcast um, even podcast fanfare Um, a lot of times you'll see there's some amazing 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 true crime podcasts out there and the podcasters they do such an amazing awesome job but a lot of times what we find is that you hear of cases that are popular and juicy and cases with a lot of details that um have already been in the news pretty frequently cases that have already kind of made its rounds around the crime junkie kind of community um and with this particular podcast i really want to focus on cases that really struggle to get attention whether that was locally or nationally i really want to focus on cases that yes we may not have a whole bunch of information but they still have family that's out there looking for them actively looking for answers um and our hope is that someone will hear something and in this uh podcast and it will jog their memory about something maybe they've looked up um the individual's name found them on google and go oh I definitely, I see her all the time. She works at Walmart. Maybe you're in another state and they're just looking in the wrong state. Or maybe you heard something and at the time you thought nothing of it. And you were like, well, I mean, I know it. And the streets know it. Obviously the cops know it. Um, And that's not always the case. That is definitely not always the case. So my hope is that we can bring more attention to this case as someone that knows something can um, report in a tip. And the more tips we get, Um, the closer we can be to solving this case and hopefully bringing a daughter back home to a mother, bringing a mother back home to a son, bringing back home a granddaughter to a grandmother and so on. Um, And if we cannot do that, at least bring them closure, at least let them know where their baby is, what happened. All right. So the first case we're going to get into is the case of Lakira Goldsmith. Lakira Goldsmith was a 20-year-old African-American female who went missing from Montgomery, Alabama on November 27, 2018. On the 8th, on the 27th, she um, was with her boyfriend. They ran a couple errands. He dropped her off at home. They were gone for no longer than a few hours. Her grandmother reports seeing her get out the car, see him drive away. Um, but grandma reports she never actually came inside the house after this. A maintenance man at the apartment complex states that he saw here that night. 
He states around 2 a.m. She came and asked if she could use his phone. He gave her the phone and kind of went back inside. He said he came back out to see if she was okay, if she was still on the phone, and that she was not there. She had left his phone on his step. Um, sounds like he really didn't think too much about it. Grabbed his phone, went back inside. That was the last known sighting of Lakira. Now, at the time of her disappearance, it was believed that she could have been on her way to North Montgomery uh, in a neighborhood called Newton to visit a friend. Um, as far as we know, nothing about that has turned out to be true. And it's important for us to kind of get into the character of Lakira. So first, Lakira has no history of leaving without warning. She has no history of being gone long periods of time. She has no history of being gone long periods of time without interacting or with family or letting family know where she was going. Another important thing to mention is that she was heavy on social media. Um, family reports that you can find her own social media posting stuff all day long. Um, she has not actually posted anything on her page since that night of the 27th. There has been no activity on any of her social media pages. Lakira also had a two-year-old son at the time, um, and she was actively involved in her child's life. She was an active parent. Um, at the time of her disappearance, also very important to remember that she had severe asthma. Family have reported that it was just hard and a struggle for her to breathe at normal times. She had been hospitalized several times because of her asthma. And when she left, she did not have her medication. Um, kind of mentioned earlier, Lakira was very, very active on her social media. Um, that social media pretty much stopped right after um, boyfriend dropped her off. As of March 7, 2020, Lakira still has family that is still looking for her, still asking questions, still reaching out to local media, keeping her case in the news, asking for people to come forth. The family believes that Lakira was kidnapped and her mom has conducted several searches along the Birmingham Highway, the Highway 80 near Hope Hall in Newton, uh, the city of Newton or the neighborhood of Newton at least twice. According to the Montgomery Advisor, Lakira's case was not even added to the National Missing and Unidentified Person System until November 2019. That was a whole year later. Now, why would they do that a whole year later? According to family, uh, police was hesitant to get involved. I found a petition made by the family on change.com. Um, this petition was made like a month after Lakira went missing. And on that petition, family stated that they still have not received a response from law enforcement at all regarding Lakira. Um, in another article, is reported that it took the police three months before they started actively working on her case. Now, I want to talk a little bit about another case. And don't worry, it ties all in. We're going to talk about the case of Anaya Blanchard. 
Anaya Blanchard was a 19-year-old from Homewood, Alabama. Um, she was studying early education at Southern Union State Community College with plans to transfer to Auburn. She was last seen by family friends on October the 23rd, 2019. She had been chatting with her roommate that night um, around 11.40 p.m. She had told her roommate via text that she had met some guy named Eric. Um, that was around 11.40. At 11.47, what we later find out is that all activity on her phone completely stopped. Now, uh, I do think it's important to put out there um, that family in her roommate question if that last text, last couple of texts were ever even sent from her. Now, the last known sighting of Anaya was actually at a gas station. She was at a gas station on the night of the 23rd. Um, a man by the name Abraham Abraham Yazid was also at the gas station. He is seen at the gas station um, kind of staring at her while she's in the store. Uh, and then also we later see him on surveillance getting into her car, exiting her car, and then leaving with her in that car. Now, surveillance misses a couple things. There's a couple interactions that witnesses say happened off camera. Police have also said they believe there are things that weren't caught on surveillance. One of the witnesses stated that they saw him kind of shoving and forcefully putting um, Anaya in the car. Um, but again, that was not caught on camera. So in Anaya's case, a task force was formed pretty quickly. Um, within seven days, we had a task force of FBI, Homeland Security, and um, the Alabama Department of Forensic Science. Um, her story was covered both locally, her story was covered also nationally. Now, it is important to state that her stepfather was a former UFC fighter. Um, when you looked at the time that this happened, a lot of headlines like to mention that, a lot of articles like to mention that, and that could have been a reason why we saw a lot more national coverage and a lot more local coverage. Now, and also let me say, this is how it's supposed to be done, no matter who it is. That when someone goes missing, you need to get you need to get all the help you can get. Involve a team, a task force, looking for people, because as we'll see with her case, um, when you get that kind of news out locally and nationally, it's a lot quicker to get tips. It's a lot quicker to get a suspect. It's a lot quicker to tie your pieces together versus waiting three months. All right, so. She was reported missing on the 24th. On the 25th, police actually found her car. The police described her car as being in complete disarray. Um, it contained a lot of evidence of foul play. There was blood on the passenger side. There was bullet holes found in the car. There were shellings left in a cup holder. Um, there had also been a strong aroma of like bleach or ammonia. So let's talk about the man that was last seen with Anaya, Abraham Yazid. So Abraham Yazid already had a very violent history at the time he was connected with Anaya. 
Um, at the time of Anaya's murder, he was actually already awaiting trial on charges of attempted murder and kidnapping for an incident in January of 2019. In 2017, he was arrested um, on a warrant of aggravated battery on a law officer. And he had previously pleaded guilty to felony drug possession in 2015, uh, but received a 13-month suspended sentence. Now, in 2012, he was also charged with attempted murder. Um, after authorities say he rammed his car into a Montgomery police vehicle. Um, a jury actually declined to indict him on those charges. Mr. Yazid had a very violent history um this his involvement in Anaya's murder was not a one-time thing it was not a first-time thing he already had a history of violence he had already had a history of not caring for others lives um on November 22nd police arrested a man named Antoine Fisher Mr. Fisher cooperated with the police um, in regards to Anaya's case. Antoine Fisher was a friend of Mr. Yazid. Essentially, what he said happened is that Yazid had came to his house in Anaya's car and was like, hey, I need to run some errands. Mr. Fisher got in the car, ran errands with them, and then they pulled over to a cemetery. The cemetery was next to some woods. Yazid got out the car was holding a comforter. Mr. Fisher said he could see legs sticking out that comforter. Yazid went to the woods with that comforter, came back a couple minutes later. Mr. Fisher said he kind of questioned him about that and said, yo, what is that about? And was simply told, don't worry about it. It won't come back on you. Um, with the help of Mr. Fisher, police were able to find, with the information given, they were able to find the remains of Anaya. Um, her skull had a bullet hole in it, um, and her remains were uh, quickly identified. Uh, her, they were found on the 25th, they were identified on the 27th. He was charged with capital murder with the district's attorney office seeking the death penalty. Now. So the reason I brought up Anaya's case um, is due to Yazid. Now, going forth, I want to inform everybody that this is hearsay. This is not anywhere on any official records, but I thought it was important enough to mention. So when I was looking at different articles um, regarding Lakira Smith, uh, I noticed a lot of articles had comments um, and a lot of articles had comments from locals who seemed to link Yazid to Lakira Smith. And then I read through these comments and there was a couple different comments. And then I started looking their names up just everywhere on Google, on web sleuth sites. And there seems to be a theory out there, pretty strong one that they knew each other. Uh, you can look on Twitter, you can look up hashtags, Instagram, uh, and honestly, if you just put in Lakira Smith's name, the Abraham Yazid, you will find that, yeah, there's a couple people unofficially kind of saying, yeah, yeah, they knew each other. Yeah, she was cool with one of his um, child's mother. Yeah, 
he um, actually lived with the child's mother at one point in time and they were friends. Um, one of the comments I read did indicate that at one point in time, Lakira lived with this young lady, the young lady that was um, Yazid's um, child's mother. Um, but again, I can't verify any of this information, but I will say when you Google their names together, there's a lot of people talking about this. There's a lot of people seemingly from that area that are saying, hey, you do know those two know each other. He murdered another girl a whole year later. That is worth looking into. I do believe this is something looking into. I cannot find anything on record. I cannot find anything official. I cannot find anything in news articles that um, connect these two together. So do we know if the police know this? I don't know. Um, the The last thing I found, which was from a 2020 article, was that the police had no suspects and they had no new clues or tips. So is it possible that they know? Eh, it's possible sometimes police have information and they keep it close to their chest until they get some more evidence, they get some more information, um, especially if they're trying to make sure that the person they suspect has minimal time to think of reasons why you know a b and c happen kind of give themselves excuses uh give themselves alibis um so sometimes police do that that's definitely a possibility um but there's also a possibility the police don't know um it really feels like the police did not put a lot of effort into this case i am not a hundred percent sure because the you know, what's reported is not always what's being done in the background. But from the things I've read, police didn't open her case for three months. Um, by then, lots of evidence was pretty much lost. There was surveillance at Lakira's apartment complex. Um, from an article I read, that surveillance had disappeared the, the night of her disappearance. That surveillance was gone because it had been three months. They did not keep they didn't keep the tapes after a while they erased the tapes and re-recorded over them um also i could not find anything showing that they ever checked into the maintenance man that they have ever checked his phone to see hey who was the last person she called now this may be something they have done but it's we don't know anything about it honestly if you look um up this case and you try to see okay what about suspects? What do they think happened? What are their going theories? You cannot find anything. The, the police have released extremely little information in regards to this case. Um, again, nobody has officially tied Yazid to Lakira's case, but I think it's interesting to note that he was indeed out um, of jail at this time um, that she disappeared. One of the comments I did come across seemed to allege that his child's mother actually did live in North Montgomery. That was the area people thought she may have been going to that night. We don't know, though. That could be purely speculation. But I do think it's important to keep in mind that, hey, there's a possibility these two both knew each other. He had a very violent history. Um... You know, when he caught a murder charge for Anaya's case, he already had an attempted murder charge <laughs> that he was waiting to fight. Um, so to think that a year before that he could have possibly killed someone else, it's not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched at all. Um, my hope is that 
someone knows something, someone heard something, someone is willing to come forward anonymously or not, whatever you feel comfortable with, and um, reach out to the police. Um, I'm going to give the number to the police. I'm also going to give the number to TES as they, um, I've seen on a couple articles saying that they are taking tips and so forth for this case. If you think you've heard anything about this case for Lakira Goldsmith, or if you Google her and you're like, Hey, I'm pretty sure I saw her in New York last summer. Anything, no matter how small you think it is call the police, give them as much information as you can, and then let them figure out if that is important information or not, if that's information they can keep or not. They're not going to be mad at you. They're never going to be like, oh, that's so little. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps so much. Um, Also, the things that we're thinking, hey, if I know this, I'm a random person who just have to look into this case. I'm a random person that lives in an area that's not really involved with any of this and I know this information, then the police definitely have to know the information. Um, no, that's not always true. There are several times where the streets know. The streets knows what happened. The streets know who was involved. Um, and the police don't know because the streets aren't talking. And sometimes the streets aren't talking to protect folks. And sometimes the streets aren't talking because they're like, well, everybody knows. So I know y'all know. Um, and that's not how it works. So if you have heard anything, if you had seen anything, if you had heard people make comments over the year, if you Googled her name and you see her picture and you're like, no, I'm pretty sure she works at Marshall's in Atlanta, whatever it is, definitely call in to the tip line for the Montgomery Police um, or send an email to TES and let them know whatever it is you heard whatever it is you saw um even if it's little you you can be giving that family the type of closure that they desperately desperately want um the family again still actively looking for her mom actually held a press conference last march um trying to keep her daughter's name in the news trying to let them know hey we still haven't heard anything we still don't know where she is we still are reliving that same day where we realized she was not coming back home. Um, if you know something, again, please reach out. I wish I could give you more information in Lakira's case. Unfortunately, there's just not a lot of information. Um, again, some of that is just because the case really didn't get started for a couple months after she was last saw. Um, And then also, it just didn't get a lot of national attention. I don't believe it got national attention. Um, It didn't get that much local attention. And um, when you don't get that type of attention, it's harder for people who know things to be aware of what's going on and be able to report. Now, the Montgomery Police can be contacted at 334-625-3846. That's 334-625-3846. Or you can email TES at TESMidwest at gmail.com. Now, I know you guys are probably driving while listening to this. At least I know I'm driving when I listen to podcasts. Um, if you can just remember, if you know something, hear something, saw something, just remember Montgomery Police and Google it later. <laughs> if you're driving, don't try to write it down or remember the mark so you can go back and write down the number. No, just Google Montgomery Police 
uh, tip line. And if you give her name, they'll know how to direct you. Um, and the same thing, you can type in TES Midwest tip line um, and their email should pop up for you. I hope everybody's having a great week. I hope everybody's staying safe and I hope you stay vigilant. You guys, thank you so much for listening and I will be back with another episode next week. Bye.